This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Well, believe it or not, it's almost turkey season. We check in with Blaine Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager, to talk about spring turkeys and recap this past year's deer season. It's all coming up on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. We are kicking off the show today with Blaine Clinic. He's the Northwest Minnesota Regional Wildlife Manager for the Minnesota DNR. You're the big dog over there now, and uh, how is everything in the world of wildlife? World of wildlife is uh, is looking good. Uh, I kind of wish uh, Mother Nature would give us a helping hand and start melting some of this snow, Kevin. But uh, uh, you know, and as far as that is concerned, the, this winter has been uh, a little snowier than most. However, uh, the temperatures really haven't you know been all that cold. When you think about uh, our winter so far, we we. Uh, really haven't had extreme, extreme cold temperatures for long periods of time. But that said, um, WSI, the Winter Severity Index uh, readings, are elevated in some parts of the state. And, you know, when you get into uh, numbers in the 100s, uh, that WSI reading, um, that is, you know, when you can expect some deer mortality. And uh, that kind of thing is happening up uh, the north uh, east part of the state, where the snow depths are are um, well. I don't know what the snow depths basically are up there, but winter severity index numbers are high up in the northeast. So obviously, a lot of things go into that. Uh, certainly, cold would be part of it, but uh, snow depth seems to be one of the biggies. And and what is it about snow depth that uh, is an issue? Well, it's it's uh, it's an issue for animals to get around. I mean, mm-hmm. you take uh, us walking in uh, in fluffy snow up to our knees and waist. You know, it's hard to get around unless you've got snowshoes on your feet. And even then, it's it's still not all that easy to do. And wildlife are no different. Uh, white-tailed deer with their skinny legs, and uh, you know, they're not very tall. You know, a tall deer would be maybe a thirty inches at the shoulder. Um, you know, their belly's obviously lower, and uh, anytime you get snow that's 15 inches or deeper um, is when smaller deer will begin to have a hard time uh, getting around. And so you couple that with severe temperatures. I mean, we're talking temperatures zero and uh, uh, lower, and, uh, you know, that's, this is how we, how we do the WSI reading is for every day that it's uh, below zero, is one point, and every day that uh, the snow is 15 inches or deeper is another point. So, uh, you know, you can realistically have uh, winters where you can collect two points a day 
for a long period of time, and so that's how that number is arrived at. And so, yeah, um, just to come full circle, um, deer will have a hard time getting around in the snow uh, if it's 15 inches um, uh, and deeper. Okay. So um, what are the things that your crew is doing these days? Well, right now, um, our staff, uh, you know, it depends on where you're at in, in the region. In the region here, uh, we call this the Northwest region or uh, the, the other, um, what we refer to, refer to this region as Region 1. Um, it, it, it encompasses a very large area, all the way from uh, Karlstad, you know, northwest corner of the state, Kitson County, clear to the... Uh, to the east over to Bedette, and then south in a line uh, down through Fergus Falls and all the way to Morris. So that, you know, and back to the uh, west to the to the border. Um, that's all of Region 1. And so staff are, are busy up and down the region doing various things. Right now, um, a lot of our area wildlife staff, Kevin, are, are writing, preparing, and uh, approving, getting approved all the prescribed fire plans, all, all the um, burning plans that we have, uh, you know, it takes a lot of paperwork to get to get uh, um, planning for burns, and uh, our, our um, partners in the D- Division of Forestry has to approve burn plans, and in any event, um, staff are gearing up for the spring already, and uh, one of the major things we do in the springtime is apply fire to, to uh, prairie grasslands, and uh, in some in some cases, even doing low-intensity burns uh, in certain woodland habitats to improve conditions for turkeys and deer and elk and so forth. Uh, we do a lot of brushland burns up in the far northwest to improve conditions for uh, open landscape-dependent species of birds and, uh, and, and uh, mammals, uh, sharp-tailed grouse among them. Um, and we're also in that budget season, uh, too. So <laughs> FY23 is where we're in, fiscal year 23. And, and in the state government, the fiscal year ends uh, the 30th of June, and the new one begins July 1. And so um, we're uh, busy now, a lot of us administrative types and our area supervisors are busy uh, um, you know, planning for, for the new budget cycle. Okay. Well, one of the things you have to get ready for in your uh, your realm is turkey hunting. That is now a, a pretty big deal in our neck of the woods in the northwest region. Yeah, it sure is, Kevin. And um, you know, we've talked turkey before, and uh, I enjoy talking about this bird. I tell you what. Um, and what's interesting too is uh, this is a 50th anniversary of uh, the the reintroduction of wild turkeys to Minnesota. Um, and first, the first wild turkey release that was successful uh, occurred in 1971 and 73. So I guess it is a little bit more than 50 years, but it's been widely billed um, as uh, the 50th anniversary of uh, successful turkey reintroduction to the state of Minnesota. And uh, and that occurred um, in Houston County. That very first release uh, back in the day, 71. Um, in 73, 29 birds uh, that were captured in the state of Missouri. And, uh, and uh, those birds were released in Houston, and Houston County, I should say. And 
Well, fast forward to today, <laughs> 2023, um, as you well know, we've got turkeys all over northwest Minnesota now. And uh, a lot of that effort over the years from, from Houston County all the way up through to the northwest part of the state, uh, lots of turkey translocation, reintroduction, introduction projects have occurred. And, uh, um, and today, we're, what you can say is, uh, is, frankly, a wildlife success story. It has been, indeed, a huge wildlife success story. You know it. You yeah. know it. Uh, you know, well, I was lucky enough to be a part of uh, one of the last turkey releases in uh, Minnesota, and that was in 2008. Uh, in the wintertime, we released 36 birds, uh, 20 of them northwest of Bagley on some private property. And uh, just uh, a week or so later, if that, uh, during the winter of 2008, we released um, 16 birds east of Clearbrook on some private property. And, uh, you know, there's not a place you can drive in Clearwater County today um, and, uh, and not see birds. Uh, wild turkeys are spread, you know, from that, from that, from that small number of birds um, in, five, in less, I think it was five years actually, five years after that, that release, uh, we were already hunting that population. So, and and in 2009, the last uh, the last uh, um, number of birds, 42 of them, I think it was, released in Polk County, and that was the very last uh, turkey release that DNR and the National Wild Turkey Federation, our partners in, in this whole effort, um, was a part of. And uh, yeah, there's turkeys, Kevin all the way up to Kitson County and the North Dakota and Manitoba border, obviously across the border too, and then uh, all the way east to Bedette, um, down through even the forested regions of uh, all the Red Lake WMA north of Waskish, there are turkeys. In fact, I was just up at the Red Lake uh, Nation, um, uh, Red Lake Indian Reservation, uh, meeting with the natural resource professionals there. Uh, we meet yearly with with them to talk about you know wildlife management and so forth and and uh, i ask uh, everybody up there uh do they see turkeys and oh yeah turkeys are everywhere in the red lake nation uh, up there too and uh and tribal hunters hunt them there too it's crazy it's uh yeah it, it, and again it's certainly become one of the more popular things we we hear about at least in the springtime about how many people are getting licenses to hunt turkeys these days well, um, you know, it's obviously increased over the years because, you know, there's more opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've, we've, well, thinking about the, the regulations uh, in general, you know, to begin with, of course, when uh, the first turkey hunt ever occurred in the state of Minnesota, we're talking, you know, just a handful of permits were issued. Um Obviously, there weren't as many birds in the state of Minnesota. The DNR approached uh, turkey hunting um, very conservatively, as far as you know. They're uh, they're they're giving out licenses, not not too many, um, and very restricted uh, uh, hunting season length, uh, restricted area where the hunts were occurred. And I think 
Yeah, in fact, I believe it was the, um, that all those turkey licenses that were issued back in those days, uh, you know, were, were, by, were by application. Um, now today, <laughs> today, uh, and I, I need, to, need to look up some things here, but um, the number of permits that, that have been issued across all all license um, types, uh, you know, did decrease just a little bit this this past year. Um, like 2022, uh, but still it ranks up as one of the highest uh, as, as uh, time has gone on here. One of the highest uh, years that we had was that COVID year, 2020, when everybody was getting outside. Mm -hmm. uh, we sold a ton of licenses that year, and I, I don't remember off the top of my, my head, but uh, last year there were a uh, uh, little over 58,000 hunters that uh, um, hunted turkeys, that bought turkey licenses. And Kevin, you know, today there's only a handful of areas in the state where hunters still have to apply to get uh, a, a, an A season, B season, or a C season license. And, and, and an A season is the very first season, the very first seven-day season, and, you know, B, C, the next two seasons, which typically are the more popular seasons to hunt. Um, and there's only a handful of areas where those that hunters that want to hunt, for example, Carlos Avery WMA, Wildlife Management Area, uh, near Forest Lake, Minnesota. You know, it's close to the Twin Cities, so there's obviously lots of people. And so um, those areas, you don't necessarily want um, uh, it to be too crowded of hunters. So uh, game or wildlife managers there... Uh, employ a uh, lottery system there that, you know, people have to apply to get a license for one of those first three seasons. But everywhere else, just about everywhere, just about everywhere else in the state of Minnesota, you can buy a turkey license over the counter and uh, hunt wherever you want for that time period. Wow. And, uh, and again, people absolutely love it. Uh, and I know a lot of people, you know, that, uh, have taken it up within the last five years, and they're sold, man. They are really sold. <laughs> yeah, you hit hit it right on the head. Uh, people, well, I haven't I haven't been hunting turkeys uh, all that long. Uh, my very first turkey hunt was in 2011, um, and I've hunted birds every year except 2012. I was promoted to Detroit Lakes uh, as an area wildlife supervisor there, and I guess I thought I was too busy and I didn't hunt that spring. I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, in any event, I've hunted every year since then, all up here in the Northland, Beltrami County, Becker County, um, where else, Clearwater County, Hubbard County, uh, and I've, I've gotten a bird every year, Kevin, um, and uh, there's birds to hunt. There's not necessarily... Uh, you don't see a lot of turkey hunters up here in the Northland, but I, I tell you what, in the last, uh, I'd say, five years, I'm seeing more and more turkey hunters out there. Um, and, you know, that that has a lot, lot to do with obvious uh, reasons like opportunity. There are more birds now, and, and people people are catching on. There was a time you'd go into uh, one of the local um, stores here in Bemidji uh, to buy hunting uh, supplies, and you wouldn't hardly find you'd have a hard time finding turkey hunting equipment. Um, that's not the case today. Uh, places in Bemidji that sell that kind of uh, merchandise, 
uh, have a good supply of turkey hunting equipment now. Absolutely. And, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's spring and people want to get outside, so it's a great reason to do that. Oh, yeah. That, that's a, you're right. You know, that spring hunting is a, is a totally different deal if uh, nobody has ever hunted uh, uh, in the springtime. Um, you know, there's other species that you can hunt, but not many. Uh, you can go, for example, and hunt snow geese in the spring. But it's a special thing to be out in the spring on a nice morning, uh, you know, the neotropical migrants, the songbirds, a lot of them have come back by then. Uh, um, you know, you're obviously hearing birds singing. You're, uh, you're also hearing, hopefully, uh, toms or gobblers, as they're called, the adult breeding male birds, um, and they're vocalizing, you know, their, their, their gobbles. And, of course, you're, as, as a turkey hunter, you're trying to mimic some of that, those vocalizations or uh, more than likely mimicking uh, through the use of turkey calls, the, the hens and what they say, um, clucks and purrs and, and, you know, all kinds of different types of vocalization that hens do to attract that male. And a lot of, a lot of people are using uh, turkey decoys as well. But, uh, you know, the frogs are singing and, and, and the woodcock, are out there uh, um, doing their courtship flight displays and the winnowing snipe and all that neat stuff uh, uh, in the spring. But, gosh, you look out the window right now, Kevin, I'm not so sure we're going to have frogs singing in, in a month. <laughs> yeah, I know, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, boy. Coming up next, we talk deer with Blaine Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. I'm Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. I'm proud of the efforts my fellow guides and I make to help Kev Jackson sound like he has a clue. This is Paul Bunyan Country. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Lane Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager for the Minnesota DNR, my guest today. And Blaine, well, let's talk a little bit of deer. I mean, we had the uh, deer season, and I just saw, and I didn't read it closely, but I did see that the report came out. It looks like our, our harvest was a little down in the state of Minnesota this year compared to last year. Well, yeah, it, it, it was. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember, you know, at, at one point in time, I had all those numbers in my head um, kind of glued there. But uh, it was over 170-some-odd thousand deer that were still harvested uh, statewide. You know, we're all all of the all of the different weapons that uh, you can hunt with these days. Of course, that's that's the number. And you know, talking rifles, shotguns, uh, muzzle loader, archery, and uh, you know, of course, people can hunt 
with uh, with a crossbow now, and and you know the I would say that in some cases, Kevin, maybe there's too much focus on how many deer are killed, and maybe not as much focus on on the enjoyment of deer hunting. Uh, certainly, uh, that's an indication of you know when you have a, a lower harvest than than the year before. It's an indication that uh, of uh, a lot of different factors. Um, could be that uh, you know we we had a, a little bit severe, more severe winter last winter in some areas than perhaps was was uh, was thought. Um, and you know if you remember last winter here in the Bemidji area, the greater Bemidji area. Um, we actually had pretty high um, winter severity index numbers um, readings, and uh, and in some parts of the far northwest. So weather was a factor uh, in perhaps um, the number of deer that were harvested, uh, and and during the actual deer season too. If uh, if, if folks remember that first uh, nine days of the season, here it's 16 days, but in many places in the northwest here it's that nine day rifle season that the 200 series deer permit areas are all nine day seasons but in that nine day season uh weather from a to z occurred uh i'll have to say and, and it did affect hunter participation um you know hunter success uh you know related to that uh we had some pretty high winds we had uh, we had a snow blizzard up in the far northwest part of the state. Um, rain, you know, it was cold temps. <laughs> that nine day season had it all. So I guess I'm saying a lot just to say this that the harvest was down. That is mm -hmm. a fact from the year before. But uh, there were some factors involved, and, and some of that has to do with the number of licenses that are sold too. We don't sell as many deer hunting licenses as as we once did. Um, which is is a big concern uh, across the nation, really. You know, hunters, uh, the baby boomers are are uh, stopping to hunt. They're not, uh, not not there's not as many hunting now, and uh, not as many people taking up hunting. Not as many people buying licenses. So these are all things that are factoring into some of that, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're hearing a lot of that for sure. Um, you did, though, have the opportunity, and I guess you do this every other year, uh, and you and everybody uh, in the various wildlife offices has an opportunity to talk with hunters, and you had that on March 2nd. Yep. Um, what were some of the things you were hearing? Well, um, this is a, it's a great opportunity for uh, hunters to, you know, we, we set aside a couple of days each year where uh, the staff will be there, you know, I mean, Generally speaking, of course, our staff are at are at their area offices throughout throughout the section throughout the state, and uh, but there are days obviously that they're out and about doing things out on the landscape uh, and all kinds of things. Um, so we set aside a couple of days each year where um, we actually post it on the website, and there's news releases that go out that advertise. You know, go visit your area wildlife uh, uh, staff and 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 talk. Talk deer, talk turkey, talk talk whatever you want. Um, and uh, some of the things that you know we, we like to hear about is, uh, of course, there is hunters' uh, concerns, uh, concerns about uh, um, maybe the particular area that they hunt, uh, concerns about the wildlife populations in general, uh, trends, you know, things uh, that all help us uh, in managing uh, deer 
and and we take we take uh, that information that we get, you know, feedback from hunters, trappers, and, and like. Uh, we take that kind of information, um, you know, and we, we utilize it to help us uh, manage populations and uh, set um, goals, objectives, to set uh, seasons, season setting, you know, and that's another thing you asked me earlier what staff are doing. Well, in just the next month, uh, next month uh, in April sometime is when wildlife staff get together with uh, with program staff that uh, help us um, with the deer modeling, um, and we begin to talk about the season uh, coming up, the 2023 deer hunting season, and uh, we do what we call a season setting process. And uh, there again, those all the stuff is timed that March 2nd uh, invitation for the public to uh, engage with the area wildlife staff. We bring that kind of information to the table uh, when we sit down with our uh, population modeler and uh, we talk the numbers. You know, we get into the numbers. You know, how many, how many, uh, what kind of deer hunting strategies are we going to use in, like, say, right here in the Bemidji area, deer permit area 184, and and so forth. So, uh, a long answer again, Kevin. Um, I, I'm kind of winded sometimes. <laughs> so. But uh, I do get around to finally answering the question, and I think I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one other final note. Uh, we did have a, another CWD positive, and then we had a special hunt based on that. Do we have any information yet on, on what's going on? Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, it crossed my mind as I was talking about deers. Uh, you know, don't forget to talk about chronic wasting disease. Um, I wish we didn't have to talk about it, Kevin, um, you know, meaning that I wish we didn't have chronic wasting disease that was ever mm-hmm. discovered at all anywhere in the state of Minnesota. But that is another thing that we are feverishly working on um, in the section of wildlife with our wildlife health program staff and everybody involved is this whole planning of, of chronic wasting disease sampling. I mean, it is a huge effort. Uh, just to give you an example of how many people are involved in sampling deer, you know, aside from the, the, the deer hunters helping us out by bringing in their deer uh, to have sampled, um, we couldn't do it without the deer hunters, is uh, last year we had, uh, well, around 350 people uh, across the section work in section of wildlife um, working these sampling stations, and that that that, that does include, I should say, that does include our uh, um, our hired student uh, workers. You know, we hire a bunch of student workers in, in colleges across the state and in and, and, uh, nearby states to help us with the CWD sampling effort. But we are right now, and just just an hour ago, I was on the phone with some staff. Uh, doing this very thing, planning for chronic waste and disease sampling this fall, and yes, uh, here in the Bemidji area, um, because of those, you know, actually it was two bucks that were that were sampled last year south of Bemidji that came, you know, the the sample came back positive uh, to wild deer. So what that does, Kevin, is uh, 
it, make, it makes this particular area a little bit more important now that we have like found it in the wild herd is that this area now, this deer permit area now becomes a CWD management zone. And uh, that has its own set of rules and those rules would include um, not being able to um, export, if you will, uh, uh, take an animal that you've harvested out of the permit area. Uh, not to say that you can't take the meat out, but you cannot take a full carcass out of the permit area until it, the meat is off the bone. Um, you know, that just limits the, the, the idea of spreading the disease because, you know, it's possible that you killed a diseased deer. So that'll be something new for hunters to, to actually, uh, um, have to get used to is, uh, is you know getting your deer processed um, or butchered before before leaving the permit area. But yeah, we'll be back into that mandatory sampling on opening weekend, Kevin. Uh, uh, the deer permit area here in Bemidji and the, and the and the adjacent permit areas are tribal partners in Leech Lake, White Earth, and and uh, Red Lake will continue to sample deer. And uh, we'll be doing it uh, in Glenwood, not Glenwood, in uh, in uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, CWD sampling over there, and CWD sampling in uh, that Crookston uh, climax uh, area along the border of North Dakota. All right. Well, anything else, Blaine? Before we wrap it up today, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's uh, like I say, the, the spring turkey hunting season is uh, just right around the corner and i think the first the first day is uh april 12th so um you know you don't have to apply for a license you can just buy it over the counter but the very first uh season the very first seven day season kevin is april 12th already here we go here we go he is Blaine Klemick. He is the uh, Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager checking in uh, as we get ready for spring turkey season. Blaine, great to have you on the show again today. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely, Kevin. Anytime. Hey, that's it for this time around. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for taking the time to be with us, and I hope you'll join us because we've got a lot of great podcasts coming up in the next week or two. Bumpin' Country.